Welcome back to Clocks on the Stove, episode four, with your, myself, Grayson Fisher. Meech got some family stuff going on right now. So today we got a celebrity guest host, Zach Watts, five year FHSAA varsity letterman in baseball, former outfielder and pitcher for Guilford College, and the man of the hour, Aiden Swanson. If you don't know Aiden, let me give you a little rundown about Aiden. High school, he was the number three punter in the entire country, 14,000 plus views on Huddle. That's insane. 29 touchbacks on 46 kickoffs his senior year, 63%. His senior year, he 42.3 yards per punt, 46 his junior year, 4.26 seconds of hang time. His sophomore, he had eight touchbacks in a game, two different occasions, state finalist for high jump, and followed his mother's footsteps to Clemson while at Clemson enters the season, 37.8 yards on eight punts, 62.9 yards on eight kickoffs, with two for two for PATs. Aiden, how are we doing today, brother? Good, man. How are y'all? Doing pretty good. How's that weather in South Carolina? It's not bad. It's been uh, pretty sunny today, but we need some rain here soon. So, yeah, I bet. I bet that's something you you're not used to. You know, being a Tampa boy, a lot more rain all the time. Oh yeah, especially in the summer. Yeah. Now, now you guys started your summer workouts and everything in that in that order now. Yeah, we started uh, about three weeks ago, and we got a break coming up, and then we're gonna hit. Uh, hit it again soon, so looking forward to it. Now, what are some of the things you guys do in, in this summer workouts? I know I, I'm assuming there's not, like, much padded practice or any at, at right now, right, too soon? Uh, actually, there's a thing we do called uh, skills and drills, and that's when there's no coaches involved. It's just players. We just go out there in the afternoon after a morning lift, and the offense, defense just runs seven-on-seven, seven, stuff like that. And then basically us specialists, we just go kick for yeah, like three minutes, just do our own thing. So. Now, what kind of workouts, you know, like obviously you're the next Pat, Pat McAfee, so you're in there grinding like everyone else, you know, with those statistics, unbelievable. What, what to help, help other people understand, what kind of workouts are like the punters and kickers or special teams guys? Is there something specified you're doing that's different than what the other players are doing? Yeah, so um, – Every position has a strength coach. So there's four, uh, Coach Batson, Coach Greenlee, um, Coach Smo, a.k.a. Coach Motherland. And then um, we have another coach as well. Um, and what we do is really like position specific. So our um, position strength coach is Coach Smo, and he works with D-line specialists and um, – like the other groups, like linebackers with one coach, uh, skill position guys, receivers, running backs, corners, safeties with another, and then O-line tight ends with the other. Um, but he'll have us doing a lot of flexibility, stuff like that, to um, really like loosen up our legs. It's a lot of uh, leg work, more than usual, but we still work on arms. But, I mean, I'll ask him any day if I need, hey, my – my quads hurting, my hip flexors hurting, what can I do? So he definitely helps us out in that department. For sure. Now, I feel like hip mobility, I mean, as a, so, as a martial artist, that's like one of the most important things for my sport is like hip mobility, hip strength, hip explosion. I feel like that's something that's definitely similar to your aspect, right? Yeah, that's a, that's literally, you hit it right on the spot. I mean, they go hand in hand with each other and it's very important. So. Now, since you're punting right now at, at oh, sorry, you can say it was there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was just wondering, how has, like, um, the workout shifted from the high school level to the college level? And, like, 
if it has been a huge jump, what do you think has been the biggest impact for you as a player? Um, it definitely has been a big jump, uh, a lot more um, auxiliaries. Not sure if you know what that is or not. but No idea. Just stuff in between, like doing squat and bench, just little things like band work, um, dumbbells. Like I said, like stuff to loosen us up. Like, like little subsets to the workout? Yeah, yeah. All right. um, stuff like that. Um, waking up early, and I had to do that really. At IMG, we would always lift in the afternoon after practice. But, um, yeah, it's serious, man. It's, uh, it's pretty tough to do. Um, what was the other question? Um, i just say, like, from a mentality standpoint, like, that shift as well. Like, were you nervous at first walking onto campus, or were you just, like, kind of open for any environmental changes, just, like, ready to take on any tasks you were presented? Oh, yeah, I remember what I was going to say. Um, so when I got to Clemson, I weighed 162. And um, by the time I got to, um, like, preseason, after summer, I was at 178. So Damn. it was a big transition for me, especially um, college workouts aren't aren't no joke, really. And um, it takes a lot of work. Oh, yeah. Now, although the grind is, is, like, more severe, like, it's more important, you know, those lifts aren't, like, in high school where it's kind of, like, I wouldn't say optional, it just wasn't as viewed as, you know, you got to get big, you got to get big. What, do, do you still think it's more like you're having more fun with it, though? You know, like, obviously, they're asking more of you, but you're getting more out of it at the same time. Yeah, it's a, it's a brotherhood, really. Um, I mean, all of us are in there working together, and we all have one goal, and that's to be the best we can be. So um, it's definitely um, different from high school, for sure, um, in that aspect. No, yeah, definitely, dude. Like, talking about how amazing you were, number three punter in the country – you were a big fish in any pond you wanted to be in high school, you know, and now you're going to Clemson, which is arguably one of the top dynasties in the entire country right now. What was that like at first for you to, to not saying to be a superstar in high school and then not saying you're not a superstar in Clemson, but having to get adjusted and get earn their respect a little bit, you know, before they can just start telling you that how good you are. What was that like for, for adjustment wise? Yeah. Um, going to a place like Clemson, it's uh, you go in there and you see all this talent surrounded by you and it just it really motivates you to work harder um you know in high school you didn't really see like you had good kids here and there on your team stuff like that but uh, I mean at IMG it was different but um at Jesuit you had good kids there um kids who just wanted to play football but um I mean seeing all that talent around you it like I said it motivates you and it's definitely a big um big shock once you get into it and just looking around the country, I mean, playing with dudes that, I mean, I've played against guys like Joe Burrow, uh, Jamar Chase, LSU, I mean, you name it. So um, it's definitely pretty cool um, being at this level. It's something I've always wanted to do my entire life. And then uh, being in a place like Clemson, it's pretty cool to see um, people like Trevor, um, big names that have been there, like Deshaun, Taj Boyd, CJ Spiller. So um, it's it's really cool to be where I'm at. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's a long list of long list of accomplished people right there, man. Damn. Now let's hear now obviously one of the recruiting factors for you is is that Death Valley. There's there's no arguing about it. Playing at Death Valley is it's as damn near close to a video game as you can get with real life. Well give us a little give us a little walkthrough about your first time in Death Valley and if it was a visit or a game and then your first time in a game at Death Valley, what that was like? 
Yeah, so first game. Uh, my first game was actually when I was like 10. <laughs> it was my aunt and uncle, so that was cool, but I don't remember that much. Uh, first visit, I can't even remember what game it was, but it was pretty cool being there. Um, just having them show me around. and I've always visited there because I got family up here, so I'd go by the stadium and whatnot. But first time seeing the facility and all that was pretty cool. And then first game for me was actually the spring game. I graduated early from high school at IMG and went to Clemson in the spring. And uh, it was pretty crazy running down the hill, touching the rock, and then just all that all the dreams I've had of playing there uh, coming true, so. That's, that's awesome, man. So when you talk about the intensity of Death Valley, what are some environments outside of Death Valley, some behind enemy lines moments where you've stepped on the field and you could really feel the intensity of the stadium? I mean, obviously, it's a uh, national championship. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Carolina, <laughs> South Carolina was pretty cool. Um, Louisville was actually pretty cool my freshman year. Um, never thought I'd be playing in Kentucky. Um, I mean, haven't been at FSU yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, Georgia Tech was was really cool, actually. Um, didn't have many fans, but you could see the skyline nice. there in Atlanta, so it was pretty cool. So when you go to visit these schools, how much time do you actually get to walk around the other campuses or actually go around to see the other schools? Or are you just kind of like with your team at all times, whether it be hotels, um, I guess just meeting places? Is it all just like you're in one place at all time or do you get some freedom to roam around? Uh, not really um, during the season. I mean, we might sneak out, not sneak out, but like when we got free time. Yeah. Like 30 minutes between meetings, like go up outside the hotel, maybe walk a block or two, go get food or whatnot. But um, during bowl games, it's pretty cool. Uh, like ACC, it's in Charlotte every every year. So um, I always go down there and explore a little bit, see the city. Um, Arizona was pretty cool. Uh, freshman year against Ohio State. Uh, had a week there, so got into some fun stuff there. And then um, New Orleans was pretty cool. Been there twice. Um, got a curse there right now, but, <laughs> um, but that was pretty cool as well. Now, when, now, if I'm not mistaken, so I, I went to Berkeley for middle school, I became very close with the Shiano family. And I remember them telling me that when their dad used to coach in big bowl games, obviously your bowl games, much bigger than anything Rutgers been at any time recently. Don't you guys get like, you guys get like rewards and they have like certain dinners for you. Like, isn't it kind of like besides the game, there's like little things set up to like congratulate you guys, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they have all kinds of activities. Um, like when we were in Arizona, um, go to Top Golf, um, all kinds of stuff we could do, uh, like charity events, stuff like that. So, I mean, it's it's not like we just go there practice and hang out. We got stuff they're having us do all the time, uh, which is pretty fun uh, to do, and especially giving back to the community and all that. So it's pretty cool. Now, how was it? How was this? Uh, this past COVID year for you? How how much different? How weird was that? Like, how how was it from so from a fan point of view? It was it was weird for us, you know. Like, there's so many games we didn't get to see. I wanted to see like first time in my life I didn't get to see Florida State, Florida. Like that's I, I grew up a Florida State fan my whole life. That's that's insane. 
from from a player point of view, you know, we talked to uh, FAU quarterback Nick Trani a couple weeks ago, and he said it was like something he's never experienced. He couldn't relate it to anything. Like from well, how was it for you in, in Clemson? You know, another state, different different level of competition, like everything. Yeah, um, definitely, it was pretty weird um, at first, but kind of got used to it along the way. Uh, Clemson actually, we had like twenty thousand fans every game, which was nice. Um, but that first game we had at Wake Forest, there was no one there. Reminded me of uh, IMG home game a little bit. I don't have many fans on there, but uh, it was crazy. Just the stands were pretty silent, and like you could hear yourself think. So um, it was definitely different. Um, and I'd say one thing that really um, caught my attention was. Like you can't, you couldn't really do anything on your own. You had to be smart about it, not um, end up getting COVID during the season, which fortunately we had some guys um, have that happen. And I'm sure all over the country that that happened as well at other schools. But uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely a big change, but hopefully we can get back to some normalcy soon. Yeah. I feel like that was, that was one thing that kind of, from the like I said, from a fan perspective, was frustrating. Was like seeing big time players not be able to play like because of COVID. Like, as you know, I'm a huge Wisconsin Badger fan. Was really hoping you'd go there, but you know, life happens. You go, you go your separate way sometimes. But like they had, they got their quarterback got COVID. Their whole team didn't play for three weeks. Like, yeah. Yeah. they just didn't play. Then they couldn't even like make the championship. Nothing. And I'm just like. You know what I'm saying? Like it just ruined. It made it everything frustrating. You know, mm-hmm. especially because like we couldn't control. We couldn't be like it wasn't an injury. It's it's COVID. You know, like the guy's fine. He just can't play. Yeah, it was. It's uh, just during the season, seeing all these schools like have COVID issues is pretty crazy. Especially uh, we went down to FSU for that game, and uh, we woke up in the morning and oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Went down there uh, uh, thinking about the game, all this stuff, um, getting ready, and then you uh, you hear that game's canceled and you're going home. So, dude, I completely forgot about that game. Yeah, that's right. You guys were literally there. Yeah, and I was I was hyped to play at uh, Doe Campbell. That would have been pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, that's 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 what I'm talking about, bro. Like that's a game. Like no matter what the score would have been it's still fun Clemson, Florida state, you know, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a built-in rivalry game for sure. Now do you have to do during season, you have to do the COVID test every single day. Uh, like every other day. Oh my gosh. Luckily we didn't have to do the, the swab. Uh, we did basically spin the cup. Uh, that's pretty much it. So. It's so nice. Ugh. So rolling into next season, what do you think is going to be, the biggest thing you're excited to have back that you didn't have during the COVID season? Was there anything that you kind of like missed from earlier years or something that like you really are excited to just have back again? Uh, I think here we're getting into the swing of pretty much going back to normalcy. Um, like the Tiger Walk, let me see the fans. We'll see. Um, I think that'll happen. But the big thing is that we'll have full capacity at the game. So yeah. it's like my freshman year, just a year off. So uh, looking forward to that. Do you think the Tiger Walk was like the first big moment for you where like you realized you made it to like the big stage or was there another moment in your collegiate career where you it like hit you where you're like, I'm a college athlete and I play it? 
the University of Clemson. No, yeah, I think you hit it dead on. I mean, that was that was pretty uh, eye-opening for me, just seeing probably like 5,000 fans outside the stadium waiting for you. But, I mean, there are a few times um, during my early career that caught my attention, but I think that's that's a big one right there. Oh, yeah, dude, for sure. Like, and especially at, at this level, dude, you go from playing uh, 14 to 15-year-olds sometimes, you know, in a little high school stadium versus now you're playing in one of the biggest stadiums in the entire country, sold out every single game against grown men. You know, like that's a that's a leap in its own. And I feel like that leap, like it does, when there's guys like you that make an impact as soon as you get there, that's it's underlooked. Because you, the transition from from any level of sport is different, but I feel like from high school to college, it's so different because you go p- playing with like some big kids versus some like grown men, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, what speaking on that, what, what are some of the things from a kicking and punting perspective that is like the big difference between high school and college? Like what's something that's like way different that you had to get ready for that you didn't think was going to be as important? Um, that's a good question. Um, in high school, I had a, like my own uh, position coach. I could like coach me in our practice and all this, but here at Clemson, we don't really have that. So we have to rely on ourselves and each other. Uh, to help us out. Um, I don't know. I can't think of anything else right now, but that's definitely uh, definitely something big, something you actually wouldn't expect when you get to college. What about that, the the rushing on a, on punts? I heard that's definitely much more intense, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, especially when you're playing in front of a lot of, a lot of fans, 80,000. So. Uh, and then you look up at the line, you see some big dudes up there, but you know, just got to go do your job and do it. So, yeah, for sure. For sure. According to your uh, stats, it said you only had one punt blocked. What was like your mindset when that first happened and going and rolling out next time to your next punt? Does that really linger in your mind at all? Or do you just think like, I got to get it all faster this time? Or what's like your mindset after something goes wrong? <laughs> that, uh, that punt was actually like a misassignment. Uh, our protection, we didn't know what to do. So, I mean, it was at the end of the game. It really didn't matter as much. But um, in a real, like a real situation where we just have a miscue, um, you just got to have a uh, quick mindset of getting that um, out of your head. Uh, you got to have a short-term memory. You can't dwell on anything, especially even if you hit a good ball, um, make a field goal or anything like that, you can't. Um, be over on the sideline, excited about it. You just got to keep going to work. You can't, if you miss a field goal, you can't sit there. Uh, your body language is so important. And then, like I said, your short-term memory, you can't just sit there and beat yourself up. You just got to move on to the next one and, and deliver when you get that chance. Well, yeah, like I like I like that short-term memory thing you talk about because, like, I don't know if you – I'm assuming you listen to Pat McAfee a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like one of the goats, you know. He always talks about people don't understand, like, you know, they'll say, like, oh, you're just punting a ball, or you're just kicking a ball. Like, it's not even, it's nothing that big of a deal. But the thing is, they don't understand is a quarterback goes out there and plays a game. He gets to throw the ball, what, 50 times? One bad throw is nothing. You go out there, you get maybe two kicks that whole game, two punts the whole game, three punts the whole game. Every single time that you're asked to perform, it's, there's no room for error, you know? And I feel like that's something that you, you experience more than any other player on that field. You know, what, what are some of the things that in a high-pressure situation when you have to get a, a – honestly, sometimes a game-changing punt, 
what, what, how do you keep yourself calm and in the, in the zone or what, what goes through your head to make sure that you're still able to perform the way you need to? Okay. So for me, when I'm going out there to punt, um, I'll think of one or two things that maybe I didn't do so well on in warmups, uh, whether it's my technique, um, my mindset, anything like that. So I'll just think about it on the sideline before I go out there. And then once I'm literally step on the field, I forget about it. I don't think about anything because if you're thinking about too much, you're not going to deliver. Um, I've had that happen to me way too much. So uh, def- definitely correcting, correcting that for me was huge. Um, and then once you're out there, you just got to let it go. I mean, you got to let it rip. You can't be thinking about, like I said, thinking about too much or you're not going to not going to do well. No, yeah, for sure. And that's why, like, I, it kind of the, – the only thing I really can, like, relate it to is our closing pitcher. Like, you guys ha- are so skilled, but the problem is your margin for error is so small. You know, every punt matters. You know, a quarterback can throw a pick and then still finish the game with four touchdowns and 400 yards. You know, you could have one bad punt and it's over. You know, that's why I feel like it's so interesting to have someone like you on and talk to you and see what it's like from from an um, error, like, succeeding – point of view you know like everything matters and that's I'm assuming that part of your preparation is definitely a confidence builder as well yeah I mean you said earlier and just said it just now we have limited opportunities to go um go perform out there I mean I might have one punt I might have no punts in a game so uh you just gotta seize the opportunity um like I said if you had a bad punt you can't dwell on it you can't keep thinking about it you just gotta let it let it go um Quarterbacks get, like you said, 40 attempts a game. Running backs get a ton of carries. Everyone else gets a ton of plays except, except, except kickers and punters. Yeah. So um, it's definitely um, something you just got to adapt to and um, you just got to perform when you get your chance. You touched on um, preparation a little bit, not only in the physical aspect, but in the mental aspect as well. Um, in what ways do punters and kickers um, try to elevate their game come season time? Is it the repetitions? Is it more weightlifting? Um, is it primarily mental focus? What are some things that you really try to uh, key in on in the off season so that next season rolls around, you're really locked in? Um, I think you said pretty much all of them. Uh, definitely you want to get the physical strength going up um, during the off season. You know, you're not practicing as much and you got a lot more lifts and stuff like that. But, um, once you get closer to the season, it's it's definitely more mental and um, technical uh, with yourself. Um, just getting your mind ready, your body ready, and your um, yourself ready um, just to go go out there and do your job. So, a lot of the times um, in a lot of sports, we're told that the game doesn't necessarily change, but the speed does. Speed tends to pick up um, the higher level you go. Um, What's a way that you help yourself slow the game down and keep yourself composed and under control in your, in your situations? I think it's, for me, it's just um, taking a deep breath. And um, like I said, you're, it's all really all mental or most of it's all mental for us. Um, If you have a bad mindset, I mean, it's not good. Um, Even if you have good technique and all that, if you're out there, saying, gosh, I hit, I hope I hit a good ball, all this stuff. Like, I don't want to mess up, stuff like that. Um, you just can't, can't be thinking about that. You just got to go out there and um, 
just think positive thoughts. Yeah, that's like something similar. Like uh, I'm really good friends with Justin Gray. He plays. He went to Berkeley Prep. Ended up playing at Texas Tech, and I plays professional basketball overseas. And he was like, every time you shoot a basket in basketball, you can't shoot not to miss. You got to shoot knowing it's going in. And I feel like it's the same way with like you guys too. Like you can't go out there and like hope this punts the one. You got to know like when that when your foot touches that ball, that's the one you wanted. You know, kind of like the this is similarity I I picked up. It's the same thing with the uh, limited opportunities we get, especially, I mean, like I said, you only get maybe one or two chances a game, so. Now, some a big topic that everything, as you know as well, has been going around is the new playoff expansion. Before, we, Zach and I give you our personal opinion from people that don't play college football, what is your personal opinion? I'm very intrigued to know what you think about it. So as of right now, the rumor is going to be 12. I don't know what you know about it. It's going to be 12. Top four teams get a buy, opening games or home games, and then after that, it go into the BCS. From someone that a team that's going to make the playoffs, regardless if it's one, two, or five teams, what is your personal opinion on this expansion? I mean, if you're a team that's going all the way, you got to think about it. You're playing 12 games during the season. You got four playoff games, then you got the conference championship in between. So you're playing 17 games. That's a NFL regular season right there. So, um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's a lot more games, and your body's just going to have to adapt to it. I mean, I've only played, what, 15 games my entire career in college so far. Um, so two more games. It's definitely definitely going to be an interesting thing to um, see. But, I mean, I'm all for it. I think it's a good idea. I mean, you get teams like we've seen in the past, like UCF. Um, I'm sure there's others. but Also. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have all these teams that haven't had a shot or might have a shot as a, what, eight seed to win it all. So I think it's pretty cool. But also, I think it's going to be a big change um, that people really don't see at first. No, I agree. So my my personal opinion from a fan aspect is I love it a lot. I think it gives – it's if you look at it like in depth, you look at all all college sports, right? Football is the only one that doesn't have the opportunity for a team to have two losses to come back. You know, basketball, wrestling, baseball, soccer, anything else, you can have a really bad start to the beginning of your season, sharpen up, you know, get, get your, your stuff straight, and then have an amazing postseason to win it all. You know, I feel like football is the only team, the only sport that doesn't get that opportunity. I understand. Yeah, I don't think there should be more than 12. I think 12 is perfect. I think it gives you your, your fair opportunity. And like you said, it gives those teams that are smaller that, you know what, so what if UCF goes out there and gets blown out? All right, good. Then there's no more of this bickering. You know, you realize they weren't good enough. But what if they upset someone? What if they did it? You know, it leaves way more room for, for the viewers to have fun. But I do agree with you as well. It's going to take a couple of years for them, for them to get it knocked, you know, pretty solid. They didn't even have the four teams solid in the first two, three years they had it. You know, but so personally for me, I'm very excited for it. If it happens, it's still not set in stone. But I, I think you're right. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a little bit longer to be as, as successful as people think it is. Yeah, and uh, like you said, I mean, all these debates going on about these teams like UCF in the past, um, you know, they get a chance to go prove themselves. So I'm sure that in a lot, of, a lot of debates, like I said, in the past that have happened about certain teams not getting in, stuff like that. There's a certain magic in the air during postseason too, man. There's a certain magic in the air. Yeah, um, 
There was also a thing um, with the 12 format. One of the big concerns is that um, rather than giving teams that go unnoticed, like non-power five conference winners and teams that have proved all year long that they deserve a chance, the fear is that rather than giving those teams a chance, you're just going to have three lost power five schools in there. You're going to have teams that you've already beaten um, get put back in there. Um, and I think last year you guys ended up playing, what was it, Notre Dame twice um, on the yeah. way. Um, what's it like playing a team again or that second time around? What adjustments did you guys have to make as a team um, when they either come back into your house or you have to go there the second time around? Yeah, I think it's just uh, understanding your mistakes. We made a lot uh, during that game up in South Bend. So uh, I think that was huge for us. And actually, I'm not making any excuses or anything, but we had five starters out of that game. Yeah. <laughs> back for the ACC. But, um, yeah, like I said, just identifying your mistakes and correcting them uh, once you get to that second game. And um, really just – it's it was really all about focus. We – we were like really um, had tunnel vision that week, the entire week preparing for them. So uh, it was definitely a game. I mean, it was so fun being up in South Bend and then the ACC was pretty cool as well. Yeah. So I just pulled up what ESPN posted, what the eight, the 12 teams would have been. So the first four buys would have been this, this past, this past season would have been Alabama at one, Clemson at two, Ohio State at three and Oklahoma at four, which I think, very, very agreeable. You know, like no one's no one's disagreeing with that. But this is where it gets fun. You got 12 Coastal at 5 Notre Dame, 11 Indiana at 6 Texas A&M, 10 Iowa State at 7 Florida, and 9 Georgia at 8 Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean. I, I think besides Notre Dame, Coastal, I think the other three are complete toss-ups. Yeah, no, I agree. You said Georgia Cincinnati. They played in the. And it was a uh, great game. Great game. Great game. Yeah. So, yeah. Literally, that like that's just to show you how good of a game that would have been. You know, and the thing is too is like it. I, the thing I like about it the most, Aiden, is that it's going to make better out of conference games now because now what you look at is you go. There's two ways to make the playoffs, right? You're going to make the playoffs by winning your conference. If you win your conference, you're guaranteed in. Basically, that's what this kind of does for you, which makes conference play more important which then what that does is say you're in Auburn or you're in Notre Dame, you're always number two, you know, right? Like Notre Dame is always losing to you guys. Auburn's always right behind in LSU or Alabama. Well, so you go in the season, you go, all right, we know we're not going to sweep out and win the conference, right? That's not going to happen. But if we're the next best team outside of a conference champion, we're going to get it. So we're going to schedule an Oregon or we're going to schedule Wisconsin or we're going to schedule an Ohio State. So for a fan aspect and honestly a player, I'm assuming that's more exciting, you know? It's going to be bigger, better games because teams are going to realize I'm not going to win the Big Ten this year, but if I'm the second best Big Ten team. It's a really good shot. I'm a top 12, you know? Yeah, I think I think you nailed it around the head. Um, you see all these uh, games like the – what is it? Like the Orange Bowl, Chick-fil-A Bowl. Yeah, all the, like the Power Fives or the Group of Five, whatever. Yeah, all these games are going to be played there. And then I think the first round is actually going to be at – um, whoever's the higher seed. Yeah, it's at the home. Yeah, so it'd be Notre Dame, Texas A&M, UF, and Cincinnati. That's. I mean, that's you have some teams that might have never played there in the past before, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, like you said, uh, out of conference games would be really cool to see um, carry on into the playoffs. 
No, for sure. And like, and I mean, obviously when you went to Clemson, one of the cool things that definitely was a recruiting factor was knowing you're going to play all these top teams all the time, you know, which is awesome for the players. And it's awesome for us too, because I hate watching Alabama win one ranked regular season game. I hate it. I hate it. It bothers me, you know, but now that that's not a thing no more. You know, now there's going to be crazy kickoff weekends. There's going to be crazy twists in the middle of the season. Like, it's a whole new version of college football we're about to have if this happens. Yeah, I think it's just going to open the doors to uh, a lot more possibilities. And um, like I said, all these debates are going to get shut down of uh, what what could have been or what that was, all that stuff. So. 100%. 100%. So – with the talk about the new playoff format and the increased schedule games, obviously what comes is that is more injuries. Um, I know as an athlete, you've had your fair share of injuries throughout your career. Um, what's a way you try to bounce back from injury in order to help your team? And is it tough mentally to return from an injury or is it just something we're like, all right, back to work. Like we just got to get over this. Uh, are they going to do 12, 12 regular season if they make this, or are they going to drop it to, to 10? That's a good question. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, if you do 10, you have to cut at least one non-conference game or maybe a yeah. conference game out. So. For sure, yeah. I, was just, but, I didn't know. I was just wondering. I'm sorry. Not good. But uh, that question, uh, luckily for me, I haven't, I haven't had, like, a serious injury. I've only had, like, a hip flexor, soreness, stuff like that. Um, but, I mean, I've known guys in the past, like Amari, Amari Rogers, he had that. ACL tear and I mean he he was so determined that he came back like six months before he was supposed to so um I think it's just that mentality of um getting back to in shape and helping the team out as much as you can no yeah and I feel like like you said it earlier it'd be it's going to be a different approach in general you know knowing that your body's have to take more hits you're I feel like you're going to start seeing cleanup crews come in a lot sooner than later now you know, like way less risk. And I've always been a huge fan of that anyways, honestly. Like, why not have your second string guys get ready? You know, and obviously Dabo's amazing at that because when DJ had to come in for, for Trevor, it looked like no one was scared. Like, it was completely normal. You know what I mean? But then you got teams like I, – I, I, can't, I, I can't name any specific teams off the top of my head, but we know a couple in high school, Aiden, that didn't play their backup guys at all. And then one guy gets injured, and it's like a completely – it's mayhem. You know, but why not let your – yeah, all right, you have a freshman five-star that's sitting behind two other older upperclassmen five-stars at Clemson. Why not get him reps? Why not get him comfortable? You know, anything can happen at any time. It's better to have him prepared than unprepared. Yeah, I think you're going to have to have a lot more depth. I mean, it's only – you think it's only two games, but really, I mean, uh, you have no idea. I mean, this is something new. It's something kids haven't done before, something colleges haven't done before. Uh, so – I mean, you're going to have to have guys ready. Uh, and maybe that opens up recruiting a little more. We'll see. But Yeah, it's not two games. It's two hours of football more. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a lot more than just two games. And it's the highest level, too. It's not like it's – you're not playing another FCS game. You're playing arguably a team that could win the national title twice, two of them, you know. That's that's crazy. Now, during this, this like, uh, postseason, like, draft and everything – were you able to go to the Clemson's Pro Day and, like, see everything go down there? Uh, no, I couldn't. Uh, I was going home, but, I mean, just watching it, it was pretty cool. Uh, I'll probably be there next year, I think. 
um, there'll be a few of my friends going going out, so it'll be pretty cool. I have to go there, but I mean, you'll have all these coaches come through. It's something pretty cool. Um, just seeing guys um, see their dreams come true. So. Yeah, you see that at Clemson a lot. A lot, a lot of dreams come true at Clemson. Yeah, a lot of dreams. But yeah, man, Aiden, thanks for everything, man. Uh, I appreciate it. We really do. Um, good luck with everything this year, man. Uh, Florida State fan at heart, but I want to see you do well, man. Yeah, we'll be rooting for you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys.